Hey everybody, Darren Garman here with Trot. How you doing, Trot? Hey Darren, how are you? I'm doing great, and we want to welcome you to the Heartland Multifamily Show, the place. For all things multifamily. For all things multifamily, and I'm looking forward to our topic today because it's going to be about why you have not made the last dollar you'll ever need. We're going to tell you three reasons why you haven't made the last dollar you'll ever need. And the three reasons that the three things that may stop you from ever making the last dollar you'll ever need. That may sound a little bit strange, but we promise you that what we're going to be covering today is something that we see every day with the investors and the people that we deal with. And we think this is very instructional in terms of helping you uh, get from where you are to where you want to be, um, especially financially. Welcome to the Heartland Multifamily Show, the shorter, more profitable path to multifamily ownership and investing. A couple of quick things before we talk about the three things stopping you from making the last dollar you will ever need. Okay, first of all, number one, we'd love to hear your comments on this episode and we are sure to get them. So make sure you leave your comments below. We'd love to hear from you and respond, have some dialogue with you. Number two, if what we talk about during this episode resonates with you, click that subscribe button and make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes and get super fast access to some of our past episodes. There's some good content there. So try. Three things, three of the main mistakes, three things that are really stopping most people from earning and getting the last dollar they'll ever need. That's what we're going to talk about today. And you know as well as I do with all of the people that we talk to, um, all of the time we spend in this space, this is something that we are around a lot. So a lot of people may be thinking, well, what kind of qualifies you guys to talk about this, right? What qualifies you to have this conversation? I mean, what percentage of the time do you think you either you and I are discussing with some of the own th or our own things we're dealing with? Or when we're talking with clients and even some of our partners uh, regarding uh, earning a lot of money, earning a great income, um, being as wealthy as they can be, of course, using multifamily as one of those main tools. What percentage of the time do you think we're talking to them about this? Oh, I mean, it's truthfully, it really probably 50%, but the whole goal is 100% of it. Yeah. So why are you, why are you having conversations with us? Why are you our partner? Why are you consulting with us? The main reason why most people are 90 plus percent is this. They want to be as financially free and as wealthy as they can possibly be. Of course, legally, morally, and ethically, and all that, using multifamily as a tool or one of the tools in order for them to do that. Right? And it's probably one of the main reasons why you're either watching us right now or listening to us right now is you at least have some of that mindset. So we see this all the time. And there are three things that come up all the time in conversations that we have with multifamily investors that's literally stopping them. It's really putting the brakes on 
getting them from where they are now, and even using multifamily as a tool to be where they want to be in terms of income, in terms of wealth, and in terms of the vision, that financial world that they see themselves in. Okay, and so let's jump into it. Let's jump into the three things that are stopping most investors from, at the end of the day, earning the last dollar that they'll ever need. I'll start with number one. So number one has to do with what they're doing, okay? What they're doing, and here's what I mean by that. Not choosing the right field, the right path, the right investment in order for you to get to a point where you've earned the last dollar you'll ever need is probably the biggest mistake of the three mistakes that we're going to be talking about. Okay, so let's use some real obvious examples. Okay, and you and I have seen this a lot. If you're grouchy that you're not having the income and the wealth that you think you deserve by now, but you continue to just invest in certificates of deposit, that's the reason why. Okay, um, let's look at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. So let's think about some of the, let's say, more wealthy, infamous people that are out there during the day and time that we're recording this podcast. So you've got the Elon Musks of the world. You've got the Zuckerbergs of the world. You've got the Gates of the, the Bezos. So all of those. So try, what do all of those people <clears throat> have in common? And they're billionaires. And we're not saying you have to be a billionaire, by the way, to earn the last dollar you'll ever need. But they're all billionaires. What do all of those people have in common? Well, I, I mean, they identified a problem in their case they identified a problem but then they took action on the problem and they set a plan and a vision of where they wanted to go with that solution mm -hmm. um, and then they took action on it yeah and instead of you know Bezos working at the bookstore you mm -hmm. know selling the books dealing the books he started basically started it okay so stop right there because that's that's huge so what you said was and, and this is it's so important conceptually all right, so we know Bezos is more than a bookseller nowadays yeah. with Amazon. Right. But he started out by being an online bookstore. And you basically said, so instead of working at the bookstore, he owned and created the bookstore. Right. Huge difference. Huge difference. And a lot of people don't really put two and two together like that, right? So there's Bezos. What's another example you got? Well, and then you got um, Elon Musk. He's got... Um, he started, well, his big money, first big payday was PayPal. Yep. Um, again, he found a problem. You know, he thought there could be an easier way to exchange money, pay your friends, pay this guy, pay that guy. Um, and instead of just continuing to swipe his credit card, debit card, he started PayPal. He's mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. And um, I think all those guys are. And I almost think you have to be. Yeah. So like as a banking alternative, instead of Musk working in the bank, or maybe even being a president of a bank, he created, along with uh, Peter Thiel and some other guys, um, like five or six of them, created PayPal as an alternative to that, right? So do you see the examples here? And this may sound to many of you or watching or listening, that's kind of obvious. But look, if you're thinking, if you're grouchy about where you're at in your financial world and you're selling office supplies, versus owning the office supply company, that's a big deal. And that's like a big lesson. 
So where you spend your priority in terms of time, effort, and energy are going to dictate your financial world. Are you going to create Amazon? Are you going to create these businesses? Okay, and you're going to work on a business that you can scale like that, okay, or are you going to work in those businesses instead as maybe a salesperson, maybe an IT person? Again, no wrong answers, but where you choose opportunity to own, invest, spend your time is what's going to appear and come true for you in your financial world. So a lot of people work with us so they can own multifamily real estate, right? They want to own and invest and get the benefits of owning large apartment communities because of the financial benefits they get. They're not working at managing those communities, right? They're not one of our vendors at one of those communities, right? They are an investor in that that allows them to continue to scale. Okay, so that's really big mistake number one, is not choosing the right path to go down. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm going to be having a free webinar coming up, the link's below, on how to correctly and with low risk invest your IRA or 401k in really good multifamily properties. A majority of our investors do this. I do this personally. It's not illegal. Make sure you click the link below. We'd love to have you. To apply your time, effort, and energy to that can produce the kind of financial income and wealth that you think you should have and that you think you deserve. Okay, so that's like number one. Um, number two, here's the other, here's like the second thing that stops people um, from earning that last dollar they'll ever need. And it's societal guilt about it. Okay, societal guilt. So we have in our society a guilt complex that's placed on wealthy people are those that are working towards being wealthy, and everybody's got their definition of what wealthy is, okay? But working on that, there's a lot of guilt that's applied there from society as a whole and felt by those that are achieving. So let's leave like a couple of quick examples. So whenever you, um, I don't wanna to be too general, but I'm, I'm kind of close. Whenever you watch a, a movie, TV show, um, even a TV commercial a lot of times. The villain, all right, um, in the movie or in the TV show, a lot of times is some rich guy, mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? It's like some evil banker or some evil business owner or somebody evil because they own businesses. They own their own business. You know, I remember when... Um, it wasn't that long ago that Elon Musk was on Saturday Night Live. He was like the guest Saturday Night Live. There were, I think, one or two cast members that like boycotted Saturday Night Live. Why? Because they had a rich guy on there, right? And they didn't believe in his philosophy because of being rich. And here's the interesting thing. Many, many people hate rich people, but they would love to trade places with those rich people. Okay, so what happens? What happens is those people 
like us or like other people that are really working hard. They're involved in the right paths, the right uh, lanes in achieving financial independence and wealth as they see it. There's guilt coming from all over the place at them like, you know, you shouldn't want that. You shouldn't need that. You've got enough, don't you? Don't you have enough? Um, and really, at the end of the day, there's no zero-sum game because society kind of tells you that there's only an infinite amount of money out there. And what I get from you, I'm taking from you. And what you get from me, you're taking from me. That is definitely not the case. It's everywhere. Okay, but there's guilt out there that somehow this is the case. And you see this big time politically, and you've seen it over the decades, right? Pay your fair share. The rich are not paying their fair share. When, when you really dig down and you look at the statistics, the rich are paying more than their fair share, you know. Um, the rich are getting, you know, the middle class are getting screwed over. This is happening. That's happening. Um, and who should pay the bill? the wealthy people. Anytime there's a new tax coming up, anybody making over a certain amount has got to do what? They got to pay more, right? So there's a lot of societal guilt. And what happens is a lot of people feel this guilt and they put the brakes on. Yeah, maybe I better not want that. You know, maybe I'm okay with a vehicle that's 15 years old and I shouldn't want anything more than that. Maybe I'm okay just owning one apartment building. Maybe I don't want to own more than that okay so that guilt gets in their head and it causes problems in terms of them putting the brakes on themselves and you and i have conversations with a lot of investors about this um and we have to kind of pull them over the goal line you know kind of pull them over the goal line in order to really take that next step and they're always happy when they do so talk about um uh, some of the things that you know, some of the things that we tell these investors that they need to be thinking about or doing in terms of pulling them over the goal line trot when it comes to this kind of thought process that they have in their head and when they're kind of verbally saying, yeah, I really don't know if I really want to do this. I'm not comfortable doing it when it's obvious to us that it's something they should be doing. Well, well, you can always, it's easy to tell them, you know, the benefits of it, mm -hmm. um, how they can benefit from this uh, and how people that they care about generations right. later yes, right? right yeah yeah um, I, I think I think that's the first thing we'll, we'll talk about just because you know when you when you look at it like that it, it changes your per perspective because you want yourself to feel more comfortable you want your kids and then mm -hmm. your kids kids to feel more comfortable so getting it now rather than you know feeling bad or slowing down you know I, I think that just puts a halt to it, puts a halt to your life, your kids, mm -hmm. and your kids' kids, your grandkids. Um, and then, you know, also, it's um, something I've always thought is, well, if, if you're not going to do it, somebody else will. So somebody else mm -hmm. is going to get the benefit. Whether you do it or not, it doesn't really matter. It does, for yourself, it does. Mm -hmm. But somebody else is going to do it. So if you don't want to buy this property because rents are, um, you know, too high or, you know, whatever it is. You don't want to raise the rent on anybody. You don't want them to have any financial, more of a financial burden, that kind of thing. That's right. what you mean, right? Yeah, but yeah. somebody else is going to do it. So, mm -hmm. you know, you might as well be the one. Yeah, yeah. So somebody else will do it. Um, 
and, and you're right about that. And so when you throw all that together, that turns into guilt that a lot of people feel about this. And it really, again, it puts the brake, they put the brakes on themselves in either procrastinating and making decisions. And we see this all the time when it's like in front of it's obvious, dude, you should be owning this thing. You should be in it like yesterday. This is the next obvious step you need to be taken here, but they're like, oh no, I mean, I better not, I better. And look, at the end of the day, there's no real wrong, wrong answer. Um, but in terms of what's stopping people, it is this sense of guilt. It is a sense of I better just maybe not want more than what I have, even though I've done everything I need to do in order to deserve it. It is a guilt. Um, it is a guilt feeling and a guilt situation a lot of people have. And that slows a lot of people down. Um, and so our solution to that when we talk to our investors is, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be thick skinned about it. You need to have a thick skin about it. Easier said than done. We know. And you, be got, you have to be kind of amused by how other people talk to you, deal with you and see you and know that's just the way it is. So we say thick skin and amused is really how you've got to be about that. And what that will slowly do is that'll lessen that guilt complex a lot of people have about earning more, becoming more, being more, especially when it comes to financial rewards coming to them. And that's a biggie, um, that's a biggie. And so we've covered two things. And so, so far, the two things that we covered, has this been any, have we revealed any kind of crazy, unheard of secrets at this I, point? I don't think so, no. No, we've not. And here's like the last mistake that most people make that's stopping them from earning the last dollar they'll ever need. And we're going to get a lot of comments about this one, but here it goes. The last one is there is no secret to this. There's none. Um, there's no secret there's no magic formula. There's no something that we know that you don't know, that the rich know that you don't know. Um, there's nothing like that at all. Okay. But the, the comedy of this is many people think there's some kind of system, some kind of secret, some kind of unknown code that if they just knew it, if they just knew it, then they'd be rich, whatever they would define as rich. When really at the end of the day, no such thing exists. Right. No such thing exists. Um, so you and I were talking before we, before we went on air. Um, do you think if somebody followed me around for, let's say, a week, they're at my side for a week, do you think that they would come away with some weird, crazy secret technique or secret strategy that I use. Do you think there's anything like that? I think they'd be bored. They'd be pretty bored, wouldn't they? Yeah. Right? Um, and that's the way it is with most every wealthy person or someone that you may think is rich. You'd be shocked and surprised at what they don't do, okay? There's nothing out there that they do other than the things that you already know to do. You already know what to do. That's the comedy of this. 
but most people don't think they do. They think they need some kind of permission or secret information. And once they've got it, then they can pursue those financial visions that they've got. When really the comedic thing is at the end of the day, there are no secrets. So if you would ever follow around, you talked about me, mm-hmm. but if you'd follow around the really rich people that you know, that you've heard of, what you would see is a shit ton of hard work, um, a shit ton of focus and time just on their passion of their businesses or their investments, okay? Um, and you'd see a ton of experience that they would be using and moving the pieces around their chessboard, so to speak, based on the experience that they've had up to that point, spending 80 to 100 hours a week on this. That's about all you'd see. Yeah. Right? What do you think? Well, I think, you know, it, when, it, when you talk about a magical equation and saying there is none, there really isn't because there's a, a biography, there's thousands and thousands of biographies about these people. Um, and they're all different. Every single one of them is different. But you could read 50 of them, figure out which one you like most, and you know, kind of model how you want to go about your business that way. Mm-hmm. But they're all different. There's no magic equation. The only thing that's the same is they all had an idea, they solved mm-hmm. the problem, and they worked really hard at it, and they didn't stop. That's about it. I yeah. don't think that's magic. Yeah, so if you think anybody out there that you would consider to be financially better off than you. If you would think that they've got some sort of higher IQ than you do, they're just unbelievably 100 times smarter than you, um, you'd be disappointed because you'd be wrong. So, I mean, um, I'm not in the in the stratosphere of like a Musk or a Bezos or anybody like that, but average student, right? Um, decent grades, that's about it. I got a D in geometry. I almost failed geometry. Um, you know, and again, like you said, if you I mean, if you follow me around for 10 days, you'd probably be asleep on the floor, right? Yeah. There's no mystery here. There's no mystery. And so how do we internalize that? And how do you internalize that? Understand that you don't need to know something first. Okay? You don't need the secret formula first. You don't need any kind of just among the rich cabals strategy first. There's nothing like that out there. You just need to, like you said, solve a problem, work your ass off in solving the problem, go through the ups and downs, um, the wins and the losses of solving that problem, and then at the end of the day, Gee whiz, guess what? That financial vision that you've really kind of seen yourself taking part in, I mean, it finally appears. I mean, it's finally there. All right. So these are pretty much the three main things stopping people from getting to a point of where they are now to where they want to be financially. Okay. And you may be thinking, well, gee, Darren, you didn't really give us try, you didn't give us any real specific. One, two, three strategies, three things I should do, or the three books I should read, or the three podcasts I should listen to, or the three things I need to I need to start implementing. Here's the good news. You don't need those things, at least in order to take the next step. So the first step is getting through these three things emotionally and mentally. 
Okay, you get past the three things that we talked about, which are choosing the right lane in the right direction in the first place and understanding how important that is. Second thing, knowing that once you're on that path, there'll be societal guilt anywhere from a, one of your best friends to people you barely know that's going to be placed on you and on you to keep you at the same level that they are at. That's going to be happening and expecting that and getting over that emotionally. And then number three, knowing there are no secrets. There are no secret sauces here to this. You get past those three things. You are literally 70% of the way there. Now, the other 30% is a lot of hard work. <laughs> a lot of hard work. But until you get past that 70%, you can't get to the 30%. So try it. Um, we're going to get some comments and some feedback on this episode. I know we will. So what stops most people and you hit that you, is, is the mental block that they have right up front that prevents them from taking those steps forward in that direction anyway. So, But here's the qualifier. There are tens of millions of people that have no interest in taking that direction. Right. And there's, that's fine. There's no That's not a wrong answer. That's great. I mean, perfect. But you can't be... The person that bitches and complains and has a problem with someone that is much, much better off than you and complaining about your lot in life if you're not going through that process. You, you lose that right. You lose that. Okay. Because if you decide that's the direction you want to go and you're happy with that, fine. But you can't get mad and grouchy about it, not do anything about it, um, but be mad and grouchy about it at the same time without at least thinking through those three things that we see that stop um, people, especially investors that we work with, from earning the last dollar that they'll ever need. This has been good. I think it's been good content. We're definitely going to get some, uh, some comments and some feedback on this and looking forward to that. So thank you for joining me on this thank podcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Heartland Multifamily show, the place for all things multifamily. Have a great day.